Hello, my name is Sharon Kugler and I'm the Yale University Chaplain, and this is Time for the Soul. My guest today is Maytal Satiel, our associate, one of our associate university chaplains. Maytal, thank you so much for joining me on Time for the Soul. My pleasure. Coming off of a global pandemic that's been fraught with such huge collective loss and individual struggle, how do you as a chaplain bring yourself back to life? I think that's a great question, and I think that it changes day by day and what the day calls for. Um, sometimes it's shutting down technology and trying to give myself space to, to breathe, to see what's farther ahead of me than my computer screen or my cell phone. It's um, playing with my kids and having walks with my family and my husband and talking to people who have nothing to do with the work that I do on a daily basis. Um, and sometimes it's watching sitcoms and just finding things that make me laugh and bring me joy. That's wonderful. I know your children and they bring me joy too. <laughs> Whenever I can see them, it, it's like a kiss from my heart. Their laughter is beyond contagious. <laughs> 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 and it, it always helps my soul. It's true. And they uh, they seem to bounce back even when you watch them, you know, trip and fall and roll around. They, you know, they shake themselves off and they bounce back. And uh, that's a little bit of a, of a gift for anyone who is lucky enough to to lay eyes on them. Yeah. Yeah. The resilience, I think, with kids and watching even when they bonk themselves or, or get a boo boo, as they say, but how quickly they can recover with a little bit of ice and a kiss. Um, I think just that's a really great example for me when things get really rough, just remembering that, you know, recovery is, is there. It might not be immediately in that second, but that it's coming soon. Yes. And it's also not costly. Um, sometimes we forget that the ways that we can bring ourselves back to life is really shutting down some things that are draining us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unplugging is so important. And that, yeah, resilience doesn't cost money. That, that bring, coming back to life is not expensive. <laughs> That's good, because I don't think many of us can afford to escape to an island somewhere. <laughs> no, it would be nice. I would take the island. <laughs> but I know that I can do it without the island if I, if I put things down. And going for a walk is, you know, is free. Yes, exactly. I know that, you know, as chaplains, we, um, we are witness to some intense suffering that people have. Some of it is um, a very real physical suffering. Sometimes it's a spiritual suffering. How do you help someone understand their worth as human beings? I think it depends on the person um, and the, the kind of suffering that they are experiencing. I think... <sighs> I think reminding people of their own humanity, reminding them, it's been oversaid, but that we are human beings and not human doings, that we are not brains on sticks, like sometimes the academy or, or society expects us to be, that success does not equal, um, success in the real world does not always equal what success in their minds is um, or, or what, they've, uh, what their goals have been driven into them to be. Um, and I often remind them and ask them what they would tell their friends in this situation, remind them that they, that they need to be kinder to themselves and that if they were as kind to themselves as they are to others, um, it would be 
easier um, to find their own humanity. And I think also thinking back to the contagious giggles that that helping people laugh, helping them find some kind of joy, even in the darkest moments of their life, really helps provide connection and reminds them of their own humanity. Um, I mean, I just remember last year in the midst of grief and pain and, and really um, unspeakable suffering, having conversations with people and finding those glimmers of laughter and memory um, and just seeing the light come back into them, physically seeing the light come back into their faces um, and remembering how important that is, that not everything has to be so serious um, and so academic, but rather that humanity is is filled with all things and all emotions. And that's that's good. One of the many things I admire about you, Maytal, and how you are as a chaplain is that you, you know, you work at a place that's very intense. Yale is a very intense academic institution and people are quite driven. Um, but you have a way of reminding them uh, about what's important in life beyond the walls of this academy. And I think that um, is an important um part of the work of chaplaincy is uh, introducing or reintroducing the people we work with to the wider world. And to joy and to whimsy <laughs> and to just embracing their inner child. Yes, I think that that's such an important part of chaplaincy. Last year, we spread, as, as you well know, <laughs> we spread <laughs> 250 flamingos across campus and just said, embrace whimsy and pass it on. That, that such a big, important part of chaplaincy is knowing that you are more than your academic success and that it's important to smile, to be whimsical, to have joy, um, that that is really what it means to be human, too. Yes, exactly. Um, and we, we saw those inflatable pink flamingos for months after popping up in cars and random cars <laughs> or in office windows, uh, which was just a delight. Speaking of delights, uh, what does this work spark in you? What is that special spark that you experience in doing the work of chaplaincy? Oh, it is a delight and a joy. <laughs> um, it is, it's those moments that you do bring the laughter and the, the smiles and the, those aha moments um, where you feel like your conversation has opened doors for somebody that had not talked out loud about their problems or what was going on in their head and having those moments where even just speaking it into existence to you um, really changes, changes the dynamic, changes their lives. Um, that is, it's a beautiful thing and such a privilege to be able to witness. And it's also bringing people together to talk about what's the most important thing to them to, to, have people speak about what is meaningful to them, about their history and their culture and their family, about their identity, um, and helping them share that with others. And also helping them ask questions, helping them ask humble questions to learn more, knowing as a chaplain and also I think for the people that we work with, that we are not experts in everything. And even those of us who are experts in something are definitely not experts in anything else. Um, and then that's beautiful. Like that, the, the ability to ask questions is such a gift. 
when done in the right, humble, generous kind of way. And that, I mean, that's the spark for me. It's, yeah. I appreciate that so much. I, I think we have an ongoing challenge that we have to understand that the questions often change. Yes. Um, and so we need to, to be ever awake to what are the new questions. Yes. Um, but oh, what a privilege it is to be part of that spark. And how exciting that there are new questions, right? How exciting yeah. that, that this world is constantly changing and, and sometimes in frustrating and scary ways, but also in, in ways that we could never imagine. And so to ask those questions, to hear others ask those questions, um, as, as we say, is a privilege, is really a privilege. It truly is. Thank you, Baintal, for sharing some time for the soul today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure and a privilege. Indeed. Thank you. Time for the Soul is produced by Ryan McAvoy, created by Sharon Kugler, Maytal Satiel, and Sean Mignon. Our music is by J.P. Durvin. This has been a production of the Yale Broadcast Studio.